0: You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. This is Robbie Reviews. I
2: feel the need, the need for speed. I'm going to make him an offer again. Yeah. Life was like a box of chocolates. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Yeah. So. Oh, I'll be back.
0: Green, for lack of a better word, is good. Show me the Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome back to Robbie's Reviews, produced by Limitless Broadcasting. And today we have a special show. I'm joined with a special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Dímelo. This is Angelito from Sit Down Rewind. And I'm here and I'm re- I mean, thank you so much for having me, man. I do appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. I've been excited to connect with you for a minute. I've been checking out your content on uh, Instagram. But this is kind of a special show because we don't necessarily have a, a, a movie to review. We will be talking about movies, several movies in this episode, but it's not like we have one movie to review. So it's going to be a cool show. So sit back, relax, get your popcorn and uh, come along for the ride. So tell me about yourself. How did you get into podcasting?
2: So, I mean, I was born in Miami and I've just been watching movies my whole life. My dad was, you know, he was a big movie buff, cinephile. And, you know, I was just going to the movies my whole life. And eventually, you know, when I finished college, my dad told me one day, he's like, hey, man, you should really like review movies or do something like that because that's all you talk about. So, you know, I took it with a grain of salt. I just kept doing what I was doing in life. I studied and then. Eventually in 2018, I decided, hey, you know what, man? I think I want to pursue this, right. but I didn't have the cash to do it. I was working at Chase, the bank, okay. and you know, I was just doing part-time. I didn't really have too much cash. So what I did was I did some research. I got a really like crappy um, Tascam recorder and like a really messed up microphone that was used. And then right. I used my laptop, and I started my first show which was called Google's Podcast. That was back in 2018. That was, that was like my first introduction to podcasting. Okay. And then I did another show after that before this one.
1: you Sometimes you just have to kind of go with what you have and then add to it. That's what happened with me is I just started building up stuff gradually. Like, oh, I let me buy this mixer. Let me buy this microphone
2: and then see what I can do with that. How long have you been doing this? So I would say for podcasting specifically, like 2017, 2018. Okay. So, so had, you... I have three three total shows that I've done. The oh, okay. first one was in 2018, which was Google's podcast. I had some like family issues happening. So that lasted like maybe a year. I stopped doing that. So then I revamped the show with a new name back in 2020, Okay, which was called Dudes Got Something to Say. We, we, okay. we did like mostly like movie reviews and stuff like that. But we did touch other bases, but that didn't last too long. Cause you know, unfortunately my, my father got sick. He passed oh, in 2021. I'm sorry. So sorry. No, thank you. I appreciate it. And because of that, I, you know, I finally was able to, you know, say, Hey, what am I going to do with this? Because this is a thing that I love to do. I love to podcast. I love watching movies. So I want to take it to the route that I've always dreamed of, which is doing like video podcasting you know, being able to like show people like my comedic side and stuff like that. And then that's when I finally got around to creating, you know, what, what is today, Sit Down, Rewind, which is the final product of, you know, all those years of experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've checked out some of your shows since I've been kind of following you on Instagram. And I, I, li- I have to say, I like what I'm hearing. That's why I wanted to have you on the on the podcast. Where, where you. Are you, you're based out of Miami. That's what you said. So,
2: So born in Miami, based out of Orlando right now. Okay, so we're in Orlando as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because I remember we had met, I think it was last year. I don't know if it was Spooky Empire or Spookala.
1: I was just going to ask you, do you go to any of the cons? Yeah, yeah, I I go to all of them. I see so many people. Like, the reason why we started having a booth at the cons is because we wanted to, to promote the network. We wanted to get us out there, and it's a good way. To just build up a fan base, an audience. If you get into the horror fan base, they are so loyal. Oh yeah, and definitely. they will stick with you. I I have gotten so many downloads from doing booths. So I don't remember meeting you, but I'm sure we did. But again, I've met so many people at the booth. It's like one big blur.
2: No, Sometimes. I know. Are you going to do any
1: of those? Are you going to have you thought about I'm, doing in a booth?
2: I'm not going I'm not going to lie that is a goal for the show, you know, to eventually do like a Spooky Empire or a Spook Alley to have a booth. I really don't know like the specifics of how to get into it. I have just started doing research on it since the show has more content. You know, we're building a fan base little by little. So I think now will be the time to start doing a booth and possibly doing that. And I mean, if I if I see you either, I mean, this year I'm doing all of them. I'm doing Spooky, Spookala. So if I see you, then, you know, we can do something there, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, We're not going to be at Spooky Empire. My wife's best friend is getting married in uh, May. So but we will be at uh, Spookala. We'll be both at both Spookala and the Spooky Empire in October. Okay. And then uh, next weekend, we are doing Days of the Dead, which is my first show. That's, that's in Atlanta. Have you ever been to there?
2: That one? No, I haven't been to it. That, but I've heard really good things, though.
1: I'm really excited about that because I've heard really good things. I've been trying to get it. I'm from Indianapolis originally. So I've been trying to get from Orlando to Indianapolis and uh, take my company with me and build the company name. Yeah. So I I have plans to do I'm doing Days of the Dead Chicago. I'm doing Days of the Dead Indianapolis and I'm doing Days of the Dead uh Atlanta and we're doing Days of the Dead Vegas. Damn. So we're nice. going to be traveling a lot this year. And this year we're also launching our uh subscription platform. So I saw
2: that you guys had posted about it.
1: So what that means is I've been in the media industry for since I could basically walk. Uh, I got a degree from Ball State University. If you don't know what that is, it's David Letterman School. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Got a degree, moved out to L.A., and I worked in reality television. I was an editor. I was an assistant editor for reality television. That's between 2008 and 2009. And then the strike happened, another Hollywood strike. And I lost my job. I went to every major studio, Warner Brothers, DreamWorks, Pixar, you name it. I went there and couldn't get a job because the strike. So I ended up coming home and then meeting Sammy and ended up in Orlando. And that's how that's kind of uh, the skinny of it. But that's how we made it down here. But I've always like I've always done freelance stuff. I had when I first got down here, I was doing corporate commercials And I was going to businesses and doing commercials for them. And I, it was more of a hustle. Yeah. I just kept having to knock on doors, knock on doors. And it kind of burned me out and I didn't like it. And I'm a big reader. I'm an avid reader Warren Buffett said, if you want to be independently wealthy, you got to make money while you sleep and starting a subscription service and something like that is the way to go. So we're going to sell merchandise. We're going to, People can subscribe to our podcast service. And I've also licensed content from like Warner Brothers, DreamWorks, Pixar, content that people would actually want to watch. Like I have um, the Jamie Kennedy experience coming on our streaming channel. I oh, mean, nice. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy, Millennium, X Files. I mean, th- all this stuff took me a long time to. Get together. Licensing content from Hollywood is a hard process. I can very, imagine. Very hard process. I probably started five years ago trying to do that, just picking up the phone, calling people. But I will tell you, I think uh, COVID actually helped me a lot because when COVID happened, Hollywood shut down and they were trying to find other ways to make money since people weren't going to uh, the theaters anymore. Yeah. And so licensing content to smaller studios just seem to be a good investment now. So that's, I think I would have to give COVID
2: a, a, my lucky break for that. Yeah, so, COVID, COVID helped out a lot. I mean, obviously COVID was horrible, but COVID did help a lot of other people when it came to like content creators, yes. people that wanted to do, you know, like filmmakers like yes. us and stuff like that like we got that push of you know creativity and stuff because we had time to sit down with it and and yes. get things done yeah do you do any films or anything do you produce any films so i've i've done a i did a series of comedy sketches in high school which was basically like my film school like i learned right. everything i know from you know directing actors dir- you know um yes setting up my shots, editing, everything I know is because of that comedy skit series that we did. It ran like maybe, I think almost 15 episodes or something. And it was just all original ideas that I had that I just, I wrote down, got a couple of friends. We had like no money. We just did it on the fly, like no permission, no nothing. We just filmed it. (laughs) That's the best way to do it yeah and after that um i did a couple of short horror films i posted one to the sit down rewind it was like a super short um trailer for something that didn't it got scrapped because we wanted to do something else okay and and i've been doing a lot of like reels and um instagram story like short stories that you can do like without a lot of like dialogue and stuff that you just basically do like um you kind of bang out little mini horror movies basically Yeah, Yeah, I've been doing that.
1: No, that's what I've been doing. That's excellent. The best way to learn in this business is learn by doing. I used to shoot movies like when I was a kid with my dad's camcorder, and I was setting up shots and trying to figure it out. And when I started watching TV, I was like, "I want that job," where where because it looked like they were just having a ball on set. Yeah, I was like, "You can do that and have fun and get paid for it." I want to do that.
2: Yeah, I would say that the best the thing is, man, the reason why I do the podcast and I do like these short films and all this stuff is because I remember when I was uh, funny enough growing up, same thing. Like I I would steal my parents camcorder and I would like make movies with my action figures or whatever, because I didn't really have anybody else to film with. And then as I grew older, we did that that series of comedy sketches. And I remember being on set and thinking to myself, like, dude, this is. The most fun i have right. doing anything so like getting paid to do that is awesome yeah you know so how and did it's you... really like it's all about the craft like whatever you're passionate about if you can get paid for it it's you know it's it's a privilege it's a godsend honestly absolutely absolutely 100 percent. let me ask you so h-
1: why horror movies why did you start wanting to review horror movies so when
2: I was funny enough, I, I touched base a little bit on right, this right. my last video with the movie theater experience. So when I was growing up, um, my dad, he was a big action movie guy. Okay. So we were watching like Steven Seagal, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like all these movies. And I don't get me wrong. I do love action. But I remember the mystery of horror movies. So when I was right. little, I come from a Hispanic family. So, you know, I'm Cuban. So I'm, that's another thing that I want to make sure is that I'm pushing you know, for like, uh, los Latino, us Latino community, like we don't really have somebody who's actively like speaking on horror movies or like anything like that. Like when it comes to like reviewers and stuff. So I kind of like want to help, you know, like, Hey, like we're here too, like, you know, we matter type stuff, but uh, right, yeah, no, basically, um, long story short, when I was growing up, You know, I was always going to the movies with my dad and with my mom. And I remember from before I even started going to the movies, we would go to the video store and I would go to this specific video store in Miami. It doesn't exist anymore. I think it's like a like a bank or something. It's on the corner of Northwest and 7th Street. Okay. And I just remember looking up at the covers and saying, like, I don't know what this is, but it scares the shit out of me. And I want to see it. And I never got around to seeing it until I eventually went to Blockbuster and I saw the trailer for the first Halloween on the TV. And I said, I don't know what that is, but I want to watch. I want to watch that. I want to watch whatever that is. So one night um, I was a little kid and I remember staying up super past my bedtime. I was probably like three in the morning or something. And on the TV, they were putting Halloween and I watched Halloween for the first time, like sneaking it like from my parents. Yes. I fell in love with it, dude. I was obsessed, (laughs) completely obsessed. And then after that, just um, funny enough, uh, I got a little bit older and then Uh like maybe elementary, early middle school, my mom, my grandma and my aunt They would bust me out of school early on Fridays to take me to the movies to watch, like, The Ring, Hannibal, Signs, like, all these movies. And then now, like, my mom is kind of scared of it a little bit, but I tell her, I'm like, look, everything behind me and the show is all because of you guys. You guys took me to those movies, so don't complain. Right. I'm obsessed with it now. Right. The reason why I do horror, man, is because... I think I feel like horror just gets a bad rap, you know, like people think of it like, oh, you know, it's just demons or whatever or this and that. But I don't know. It's just for me, it's my favorite because it gives me a reason to like get out of the house and go to the movies and just watch something like I usually go if it's like a bigger movie. But I usually don't go too much unless it's like a like specifically a horror movie like today. I'm going to go watch Night Swim. I know I heard okay. that it's really bad, but I still want to watch it, you know, just to do a review on it.
1: Right. I haven't seen that yet, but I'm going to go watch it as well. I'm going to go see Aquaman today and I'm going to do a review on that. So in Robbie's reviews, I review everything, but I definitely want to have you on. You can't kill the boogeyman podcast because that's our horror podcast. So I think you would be well fitted for that one.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, we're we're nice. having
1: the people, the star of the Monster Squad on. Do you, have you ever seen Monster Squad? Yes, yeah. So we're Hell we're yeah. trying to get the cast of that Rudy, Sean, and Phoebe on at the same time. I've been working on that for a while. So that's awesome, dude. I'm very excited about that episode. Um, a lot of these guys I meet at cons, and I'm just like, hey, what do I have to do to get you on my show? And then I've noticed when I'm at the shows and I'm broadcasting, celebrities will walk up to me and be like, What are you? What are you broadcasting? What are you guys doing? Like they look at my banner and they look at everything and they're like, Who are you guys? And I think that's very cool. Christy Swanson, I ended up the original Buffy. Yeah. I ended up getting her. uh, I'll be honest with you. When she first walked up, she looked so different from how she looked in that movie to now. And I didn't know who she was. I was so like caught up because I was interviewing somebody and she walked up and somebody was like, that's Christy Swanson. And it didn't click for the longest time while she's in While I'm interviewing her, it finally clicks. Oh my goodness. I'm interviewing Buffy, the (laughs) original Buffy. (laughs) And I thought that was just like one of those cool moments. We're going to have her back on for a longer interview.
2: We only got like 10 minutes, but it was a cool 10 minutes. No, that's awesome, dude. Like, honestly, my goal would be to eventually, you know, like interview these people as well. Cause like on my wall, I I have to do a room tour video, but on my wall, I have a lot of autographs like, uh, Kane Hodder. Um, some of these people, I don't really know their names. I have to be better with names. That's the problem. Yeah. So the guy from Jeepers Creepers who played Jeepers Creepers is there. Right. The guy who played um, Joe Grizzly from the remake of Rob Zombie. Okay. Halloween. Yeah. You know, a whole bunch of other people like terrifiers up there as well. So there's a whole bunch of people. So eventually a goal would be to, you know, obviously like yourselves, like just sit down, talk to them as well and just say, hey, look, like if there's anything you want to tell the audience, because, you know, at the end of the day, like just like you, you're a fan of horror. I'm a fan of horror. Yeah. And we're just, you know, we're just in awe of the art, you know.
1: Sometimes I feel like I'm stalking these people to get them on. I'm just like, <laughs> come on. But if you don't ask, you won't know. And that's my biggest thing is if you don't ask and say, hey, I want you on my show. They'll never know that they, you want them on your show. That's so, true. And But they get busy and they have publicists. And sometimes you have to keep asking over and over and over again to get through to them finally. So... So I have an iconic question for you. What is your favorite scary movie? Uh
2: I know that that's the million dollar question. Um, the thing is that I want to say the original Halloween, but then I'm like, OK, that's what everybody says. But okay. I mean, in reality, it is the movie that really legitimately got me into this.
1: It started it out.
2: It uh, It actually yeah. did start it out for me. So I would say that or the original Exorcist.
1: Wow, you're an Exorcist fan. Like, yeah. they just released a new Exorcist movie. I didn't even get a chance to watch it. They spent over a hundred million on it. It didn't do so well at the box office because they thought no. people were going to show up because it was the Exorcist. But we found out not a lot of people care about the Exorcist franchise.
2: No, did you see they the don't. Last
1: Exorc- and I'm not knocking the movie, I'm just going off of
2: the new release. Did you see it? I Anyone- did. So I I went to I went to one of the Ocala drive ins up in Florida to watch it. And so I did originally a trailer reaction video and I bashed the the living shit out of that trailer because I was like, oh, my God, they got the original lady just to get money and this and that. So I said, you know what? I'm still going to watch it. At the end of the day, I'm a reviewer. That's what I have to do. So I went and I watched it. And honestly, this is going to be a super. Like left field reaction to the movie, because I know everybody bashes it. Honestly, the beginning of the movie, it kind of reminds me of the movie Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal. You remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a different version of that. Like it wanted to be Prisoners in the beginning. Okay. But I feel like where it fell off completely was the exorcism scenes, which is the most important part. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't scary? There was no tension, like it just felt like, hey, this is the demon. We gotta go. We gotta fight him, and that's it. Like I didn't feel like, oh man, I'm actually genuinely terrified for this character, like he might die. I didn't really care. Right, that's the problem with it. But I also saw that, um, I think his name is uh, David Gordon Green. I think the yeah. director. Yeah, he dropped. Uh, the, he left, or, yeah. or, he, or he he got dropped, or he left, or something like that.
1: And he left the project the reason why they had the original girl come back so they can name it as a uh, a trilogy or a sequel so they could get that branding but it yeah. it, it didn't work out that well so and then I, like i haven't seen it yet but i'm going to
2: i mean so, yeah i'm not going to say it's like horrible i just wish but blumhouse
1: blumhouse bought the rights to the exorcist They did, yeah. And so I think Blumhouse is always great. When you have a Blumhouse picture, you know it's going to be great. What What did you think of? um, uh, Oh man, uh, the Halloween franchises are rights going back to uh, the. I'm talking about the rights. It went to uh, Mir back to Miramax.
2: Oh yeah, I. What did you think about that? I was during that whole bidding war that was going on for the rice. I was like, please, God, g- give, let's see who it is that's going to get this. And then Miramax got it. and I'm like, okay, I have some faith. I kind of low key, I'm a big A24 kid. So I'm, okay. I'm very, I'm, I'm super, you know, I have the talk to me stuff in the back and I love them. But like, obviously, you think like, A24
1: would have been great for the Halloween franchise, though.
2: That's the thing because. I love A24, but the thing is that I feel like A24, maybe they would have put it in a different light that right. the fans wouldn't have liked.
1: Exactly. And I love A24. I like them like the Iron Claw was produced by A24. Oh, my God. What a, oh. Um, and we'll get into that. <laughs> but like for the Halloween franchise, I think the fans would have tearing it apart. That yeah. they. I don't think they would have been happy with the direction A24 would have went. Because they like to do a lot of artsy stuff. They have put their own spin on it. You can tell when you're watching an A24
2: film. Oh, definitely. And and they they do. What I love about them is they they take simplicity and they, you know, they run with it and they make it work in the right way. But the same thing that you had asked me, I had asked myself when, when I heard that Miramax got it. I'm like, okay, me as a Michael Myers, like, fanatic, would I enjoy an a24 michael myers and then i sat down and i said okay maybe not i think the right, right choice was miramax uh,
1: uh, honestly miramax had the rights before and then they lost it so i'm glad they uh got the rights back i think that was a great choice you know they're so if you, you've seen
2: all the halloween f- movies yeah yeah the whole the, yeah i've seen every single Even one.
1: season of the witch
2: Yeah, definitely. I actually uh, love Season of the Witch.
1: (laughs) A lot of it's either hit or miss. Let let me come back to that. But Paramount is actually doing a prequel series on Season of the Witch on how it uh, originated. So it's going to be on uh, Paramount Plus, like a prequel of how it started.
2: Okay, I mean, I would check it out. That's the thing, too. Like, I feel like now there's so much content to be seen and they're doing a lot of um at least that's the trend that i'm seeing now like i'm 31 so I've, i've been seeing like all the different trends as the years go on and i've been seeing now that they they're getting properties and they're trying to make shows out of it and don't get me wrong like sometimes it kind of Rust me the wrong way but as as long as what they're doing with it is respected like right like if you're gonna do a property on season of the witch if you're respecting the property and you put a lot of like passion into it and you really care and you're doing it because you really want to tell the story of the prequel i'm cool with that but right. if they're doing it just a cash grab that's where i kind of fall on like i'm kind of pissed off you know no, I get you. that's honestly during the bidding war
1: i thought the rights were going to go to Paramount because I know that I think they're actually interested in telling a story, not for the cash grab. I think they really wanted to tell the prequel story of how this happened, what happened. And I knew from the research it was between Miramax and Paramount. And then when I heard uh, Miramax came ahead, I was like, OK, I mean, it's kind of like full circle because that's how it was a long time ago.
2: Yeah, exactly. I
1: it, mean, realistically, I didn't know about how uh, Miramax was structured after Harvey Weinstein fell, because he oh, owned yeah. him and his brother owned that company. And after he went to prison, they must have sold it. Do you know that every time Disney wants to release a rated R movie, they do it through Miramax? Really? Yeah.
2: Disney- I had no idea.
1: Disney just can't come out and say, "Oh, we're going to release a rated R movie." No, they do it through the Miramax
2: brand. Disney owns Miramax. Okay. Would like I'm sometimes like with the studios and stuff. Like I don't really follow that too much. So basically, is it? I think Dead. So Deadpool is Marvel, right? Marvel, yes. So they're Disney. So I guess one of their other companies would release it since it's R, like what you were saying.
1: So. Deadpool was owned by 20th Century Fox, but Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. It's still going to be distributed like a 20th Century Fox movie, but everybody knows
2: Disney owns it. Yeah. So it's under the Disney umbrella, basically. Correct. I mean, they basically own the world at this point. So, <laughs> yes. Do you have a favorite Disney
1: movie?
2: Um, I'm honestly, man. My childhood is so different compared to other people's childhood because I'll be sitting in a room and they'll be like, hey, this. Did you like the what did you grow up watching? Like Lion King? Or did you watch this or watch that? And I'm sometimes completely lost. No, me too. My girlfriend, she loves Disney and stuff. And, and we talk about it sometimes. And She showed me a whole bunch of them. But honestly, like when I was growing up, it was more like, like rated R movies yes. and stuff like that. So yeah. if I had to pick a favorite dis- I I really don't even know. I think I'm the same way. I, I I really don't know. I think I don't know. Is Soul? Yeah, Soul Inside is one. Out.
1: Inside Out is another one. My wife produces a Disney podcast, The Pixie Dust Twins. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, her and her friend love Disney, and I'm I'm lost. I'm more. I was more like <laughs> you. I was hiding the fact that I was watching scary movies from my parents. They were yeah. like, "We don't want you to have nightmares. You can't do this." Um, I was watching Halloween, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. What do you What do you think of the Friday the Thirteenth uh, franchise?
2: I'm obsessed with Friday the Thirteenth. I would say like number the one story for all of them. The story for all of them. My God, I mean, it's all over the place for me because there's so many of them that I love, and then there's some of them that I'm like. <sighs> Okay, this this could be different. But I mean, as a whole, I love it, man. I I love Friday the 13th. I think it's a solid number two when it comes to franchises for me. Number one is Halloween. Then it would be Friday the 13th. Number two, solid.
1: Halloween started it. And then uh, Friday the 13th was the second franchise because the producers of that were like, oh, we see how much they're cashing in on this Halloween film. Let's try to just redo that. And that's how Friday the 13th popped up.
2: Yeah. And I I remember watching that on the special features of one of them when they when they admitted to that, they were like, oh, you know, what can we do to do something like this Halloween movie? And then they ended up (laughs) Friday the 13th. I mean, I love it though, man. And I really hope that we get a new one soon because I've I've heard rumbles about it. Like I've even heard that LeBron James had something to do with the new remake. I heard that years ago. I don't know if it was true or not, but if it is, I mean, I but guess we'll him. see where it goes. Yeah.
1: Does he? I mean, I'm not a sports guy. Does he still play basketball?
2: I have no idea.
1: I'm not a sports but guy either. I think he retired. I, so. I don't know. I think he could have, He could still be playing, but I don't know.
2: No, me either. I have no idea. I think he could still be
1: playing. I know he produced uh, Space Jam's too, yeah. and he starred in it. But I think his production company and shot it, and he starred in it. Did you watch Space Jams too? I didn't no, see it.
2: No, I didn't see it either. I mean,
1: I, I after Space, I know Michael Jordan makes a brief appearance in it, but I like Space Jams one a lot better.
2: Oh no, yeah, Space Jam one. That that's you know childhood nostalgia right there. That's why I didn't Absolutely. see the new one. I was like, eh, I don't know. What do you
1: think about Hollywood always trying to reboot stuff or start over the franchise or? What do you
2: think about that? Um if it's done like like I said previously, if I if I can tell that they're doing it for for the fans and re- out of respect, I'm all for it. You know, right. like I'm I'm cool with it. I've seen countless movies like for example the um, the Last Candyman Man movie that came okay. out. Yeah. So years ago when I heard about it, yeah. I was like, no. You, this is untouchable what are you doing because the original to me and friends of mine that i grew up with we would talk about it at school all the time like yo a candy man's gonna come out and get you you know like the nostalgia yeah. factor and i honestly love that movie yeah. so when i heard that they were remaking i was like oh my god please if you're gonna do it do it with respect and dude when i went to the movies pleasantly surprised because it oh, was a absolutely. solid remake
1: did you like the color through the movie, like each scene was colored differently. Did you yeah. pick up on that
2: idea? Yeah, I like liked the way that. they
1: shot it and colored the film. Yeah, like, it was if cool. You, if you didn't pick up on that, you should go back and watch it and look at how each scene is different or it blends together. I, when I look at a film, I'm just like, okay, how did they set this up? How did they shoot this? What's the color like? What's the pattern like? And I'm doing this all while watching the movie
2: yeah no it's that's like it's everywhere. the filmmaker it's the filmmaker in you because i do the same thing i'm like man this shot is really cool i wonder how they did this or right. I wonder how they did that and i'm always watching like special features and stuff since i was a kid so i'm always like really curious about the behind the scenes stuff but Candyman, i mean it surprised i'll be honest with you i had no hope because i was like okay let's see what's gonna happen let me go to the movies. and when i came out i was like man this was a really good movie i think the only thing that i didn't really like about that one the ending it wasn't bad but it was just like i wish they would have just ended it a little bit differently like maybe just like an abrupt ending or something because when he came out of the corner and then i just i was like just cut it Right. Where it needs to be cut, and then it could have been like solid 10 out of 10. But for me, I think it was like a nine yeah. out of ten in my book at least. I liked the
1: choices of actors they had for it. The the reboot. The one of the actors was from The Walking Dead, the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, he was a great fit for it. He I was not the main guy. Like I'm glad they kind of switched it up from a female to a male because we could get the male perspective of this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, In the in the original Candyman, we we were following around Helen. Exactly. and She was a writer and a reporter. Did you ever do uh, go into the bathroom and do the Candyman? Candyman? Yeah. Candyman? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Did you 100%. do it? Could you do it? Like, did you make it to th-
2: the third one? We did, we did. We were, we were scared shitless, but we did it. Yeah, uh, me and my friends, we would do it all the time, and and we legitimately. Be- there was a few movies that we legitimately believed, like yo, this could be real. It was like Candyman, and we said um, Jeepers Creepers. We were like, can you imagine if that was legit? Like Jeepers Creepers. So yeah, movies like that, man. And that's the reason why I was scared of the mm-hmm. remake because it has that powerful, you know, like Candyman in the mirror. You know, Jeepers Creepers, you're out in like a deserted road. It's like movies that pin you to a specific like phobia. Same thing with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know it's not real, but I'm not going to But
1: that could happen.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to go to
1: Texas. Actually, I think that was based on a true story. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it was based on a true story, but they never (laughs) caught the people.
2: Yeah, they never caught them. And I remember that movies like Texas Chainsaw word another reason why specifically me i got into horror because growing up in a hispanic family you know we had things like san santeria brujeria which is like stuff like stuff like that uh-huh. and we would go to like family parties and we would sit at the table and, and we'll be eating dinner and instead of talking about like the news or whatever we would be talking about like horror movies and okay. the word of mouth at these parties made them bigger bigger than life for me yeah. so movies like exorcist Texas Chainsaw, like these movies. Like I remember my dad being like, yo, there's this movie about this dude who like with a chainsaw, he cuts people up, he puts the meat in the burgers and they said, sell- and I, I'm a kid. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I need That's to see cool. it. yeah, I need yeah. to see it. <laughs> yeah.
1: My, see, mine was opposite. My mother was doing this and my dad was like trying to shelter me. Like my, my mom, I, the first horror movie I watched was Scream. 1996. Okay. I think that's why I love Scream. Like that's my favorite movie horror movie hands down. Just because it's nostalgic to me, but it it started a franchise. Are you a big fan of the Scream franchise?
2: I like the Scream franchise, man. And honestly, I'm kind, I'm I'm a little bit um I'm a little worried, dude, because of all the news, Scream what's 7? happening? Because I really like it, dude. Like, I know that it's divided. Like, there's people like me that I really enjoyed the new ones. I thought it was pretty cool. And then there's the other side that are like, no, I like the original only and stuff. And I respect both opinions. But, man, the the Scream franchise for me as well, like, it's just that memorable opening scene. Right. With, you know, what's your favorite scary movie? Like, that is so iconic. And it was so different because what Wes Craven did was just flip everything on its axle. He basically said like, what if we're self-aware in a horror movie? And I love that. And then obviously that sparked like all this self-aware horror movie stuff that started going down and like every movie now is self-aware, you know, because, but he started it though.
1: One thing I really liked about Scream, the original, is everybody thought Drew Drew Barrymore was gonna live through the series. The movie, yeah. and she's killed within the first ten minutes of the movie, and you're just like, "What the hell?" This big big star is just killed off.
2: That's why and I that's love it so much. We get Sidney Pres- Prescott to be able to climb the ladder. That's why I love it so much because that's I love that you said that because there's another movie that recently came out that kind of reminded me of that. I love it when they basically they you think that the movie's going to go down one way. And yeah. then it just turns left and yeah. you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I don't know if you like this movie or not. I like, I know this is super divided as well. I love this movie. Barbarian. The one that came out, I think it was last year. With at Justin the Long? Yeah. At the oh, beginning, yeah. you're like, okay, this dude from It, I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, no, Scar, I think his yeah, name is or something. I think so. You're like, okay, this guy's gonna be a main character because they're just they just keep talking and talking and and like the scene was so long in the beginning. I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna have something to do with the movie, and then, right. boom, that big whatever big titty chick comes out yes, and yes. gets- <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, in mean, the theater, like I haven't done that in years in the theater, so that's why I love the yes. movie. That.
1: The monster in that movie, it made you, you're just like, what the fuck? What is going on here? <laughs> like when it bursted out and then he's in that big tunnel and you're just like, oh my God, trying to go around the corners. And then when, the, when the monster's trying to like titty feed him. Oh my God. Can and the you girl's like, take it, that? take it. And I just picture myself. I'm just like, can you, can imagine, you imagine, imagine trying me? to film this? Like how it is on set. And how they're going through like acting is cool is because you gotta put yourself in that position in that scenario. But I always wonder like everybody standing around and watching what they're thinking. Yeah, dude,
2: and bloopers too, like just imagine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, can you imagine not only like there's so many bloopers and sometimes the best bloopers in movies are horror movies because you there's scenes that you have to laugh, like you just said, like can you imagine you're like the camera operator and you're just zoomed in on this fake prosthetic, big, ugly titty. Yes. And this dude just has to like suck Suck on it. And you're just just like, like, what am
1: I, what am I shooting today?
2: (laughs) Exactly, dude. And not only that, if you put yourself in that situation, like, yeah, I don't even think I would be able to do it, man. Like Justin Long
1: was great in Jeepers Creepers. He's a great actor. Did you ever see him in Tusk?
2: I love that movie.
1: Oh my I don't god, care what anybody says I, I love Tusk. Let me ask you a question. Maybe you can explain this to me. The the mad doctor was turning him into a walrus, right? Yeah. When they found him, why do you still think he wanted to be a walrus? Like they they go to the him and he's in this aquarium with the Tusk and, and then they throw him the fish. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Wouldn't you be like, get me to a doctor and do plastic surgery on me and fix me?
2: I, You know what I think? I think I thought the same thing when I was watching the movie. This is my theory. I think that maybe what he did to him medically was so unreversible Okay. that basically maybe he just couldn't undo what he did. But even then, like... If I'm going to be a walrus, dude, take me to my apartment or my house and let me chill at my house. Like, why yeah. am I going to be in a zoo? Yeah. But I, I don't want to be so around funny. somebody
1: where they can watch me all the time. Let me
2: just chill <laughs> at home. Like, I don't want to be what. And if I'm going to be in a zoo, like, pay me. Because, yes. like, I'm the entertainment, you know? Like, I just go deeper into this shit, you know?
1: Yes. <laughs> but, no, absolutely. That was one <laughs> Kevin Smith movie. I was just like, this is truly fucked up. And I'm thinking you ever wonder how they write these scripts? Like somebody popped some shrooms or they were doing a bad <laughs> trip and they were just like, oh, let's let's write a, write a script. And Do, then all right, that's cool,
2: question. Like, yeah. Do you know how they made up the idea for Tusk? I have no idea. Okay, so I, I actually did a little research because I love that movie so much. What okay. they did was um, Kevin Smith has like a podcast for years. Right, right. And he was on the podcast and they stumbled upon like this... Um, this craigslist ad that legitimately was a real craigslist ad and it said i'm this dude i'm very wealthy i've had a lot of adventures and you can live in my mansion for completely free the only thing that you need to do like i think it was one hour a day every day you need to dress up in a Warrus suit you can't talk you can you have to be a full full like heath ledger joker in the moment waris for an hour so During the podcast, they just start spitballing, like what we're doing right now, they start talking shit. And Kevin Smith legitimately said, I'm going to make this into a movie. And then he wrote the script. Later, they found out, I think that it wasn't real, what was going on in the Craigslist ad. But then that's how he got the inspiration. And to me... As like, number one, as a podcaster and as like a film film critic, a filmmaker and all that stuff, that to me is super fucking cool because it shows you that anybody, as long as you have a cool idea that's really creative and different and you have like the drive, you can make a movie that's really cool and different. And the fact that he did it from that. Yeah. Motivates the the hell out of me, and I'm glad that now you know because now later on, if you want to do the research, look it up on yeah. YouTube. Look up um how was Tusk made? I think it was, and they'll show you. I'm gonna post something about it on social media,
1: and you'll know <laughs> that came from you. So, what do you think of the whole mess with Scream Seven? Like, have you been keeping up with that? Like, I've been keeping up with- Melissa Abrera.
2: Yeah, I've been keeping up with, like, the headlines of, like, Bloody Disgusting. Like, I check Bloody Disgusting, like, every day. And I've been just seeing so many people are just dropping and drop And then I was actually talking to to Paula, my girlfriend, who she's my partner in all of this. Okay. We were talking about it the other day in the car on the way. I think we were going to the movies to watch something. And I told her, I'm like, man, I really don't know what the hell is going to happen with Scream. Because we lost... um, I'm sorry if I, I don't remember the names. The main character, she she dropped. She was the first one to go.
1: Yeah, Melissa so, Barrera. They, yeah. they fired her. And then Jenna left. I think. And then Jenna or uh Jenna Ortiz Ortiz. She she left because she wanted a raise from Scream and they didn't give it to her. And she was like, I'm gonna peace out. But she yeah. said it was because of her Wednesday shooting schedule. She used that as a good cover. But really, she wanted to raise.
2: I mean, she's a huge name now, yeah. And she I mean, dude that. I, I always bring her up in my in my reviews because she's Hispanic. So, right. you know, like right. we look up to her and stuff. So we say, like, like, dude, she's so overly booked. She's yeah. like in every fucking scary movie, yeah. Jenna Ortega's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the it's like if you copy paste, like we need a Hispanic woman. Okay, copy paste, Jenna Ortega. Right. <laughs> right. It's not a bad thing. Like, I, I think she's cool. But the fact that the main character dropped, mm. Jenna dropped, and I think like two like a week ago, the director said, I'm out too.
1: Well, the reason why the r- director dropped out was because people after The two actors dropped out. People were literally threatening his family and being like, oh, and that's why he dropped out of it because he was tired of all the death threats. That's what he did. He did a post on social media. It was like, everything sucks. It's not fair, but it wasn't my fault. That's the reason why he posted that comment, because he was getting death threats. Damn. And so I can understand why he kind of dipped out. Definitely. Um, yeah, I would have done the same thing. The make the the producers of Scream want to go back to Melissa Abr- Abrera. Abrera? I think that's her last name. Um, and rehire her, but I think she passed on coming back. I know they want to go to Nev Campbell as Sydney Prescott to save them, but she wanted a raise too for like Scream Five. That's why we didn't have her in Scream Five. It's because they wouldn't give her the money she was deserved, and she she didn't shoot it. That what did you think of the Requel Scream?
2: I mean, I don't hate it, but I mean, I don't love it either. I think right. it's you know, it's good, right? Like I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm just in the middle with. it. I think it's okay. Like I'm, right. you
1: know. Well, realistically, what I if none of them come back, you know how. um The Halloween franchises has like the Rob Zombie verse. That's what this could be. It could be another verse of Scream and we just continue on. We back up to Scream 4 where Wes Craven and Kevin were the writers on the script. And we bring back all the characters. Dewey's back. Sydney's back. All of them. And we can continue with the story.
2: The possibilities are endless, honestly, because at least back then, like it was a little bit trickier. But now, that so many multiverses, know, yeah, there's there's different exactly like there's multiverses, and and now that things are so different with like how things are made with movies, and they understand the fan base will be there yeah. if they do it. I feel like they can do that. I feel like honestly, since everybody dropped, I. I think they should do what you said, like, okay, we're going to do it different with a whole different thing. And then we'll start at this point and then we'll just go from there.
1: Well, the reason why I said Scream 4 is because that's the last script Wes Craven and Kevin wrote for the movie. So back it up there in Scream 5, Dewey dies. You can bring him back. You can bring every you can basically have a fresh start. And that's a way to bring Dewey back into life. Because I know a lot of people are like, Dewey shouldn't have died.
2: No, shouldn't have at all. I was so, I was like, why would you, why? Like, there's no, like, they brought him back. He was all badass. Yeah. And then, like, I'm like, all right, this guy's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna last in the franchise. He's gonna probably be, you know, like the John Wick of Scream. Like, he's gonna fuck everybody up. And then boom they kill him i'm like why do you do all this buildup? right to kill him like why
1: yeah no i agree with you 100% so you did a you did a social media post about the future or you did a, a interv- or a show about future of movie theaters yeah so tell me tell me about your your synopsis of uh, what's going
2: to happen with theaters so in the show, I pretty much go down like different years, like in a span of I think maybe between every 10 or so years of my life and how I've seen, you know, the movie theater experience change, you know, little, little by little. So when I right. was little, obviously packed house, right? And teenager, same thing. We would go to the mall and I'm talking like 2008 or nine. Like, remember the uh, Friday the 13th remake? Yes. Dude, I remember being in that theater, there were people sitting on the stairs because there were no seats available. That's how right. packed it was, right. Then you skip to college, and then, like during like the it follows era, uh-huh. and I start seeing a decline, right little by little. And then I start seeing technology streaming right, and stuff start picking up. And then, you know, during that time in college, obviously, like I'm a physical media guy. I got everything in the back and stuff. Right. So I say, nah, Streaming is not going to ever, you know, get to that level. And then obviously I was dead wrong. Yeah. Because COVID hits. Mm. And then that's it. Like the theaters were obviously completely empty, obviously because of COVID. But after COVID, you know, ticket prices were going up. Yeah. Are going up. And then people are making less money, Mm -hmm. but the theaters are charging more. Mm -hmm. And basically what I was trying to say in in my last show was there's got to be a middle ground yeah. because if you expect an average consumer, like an average family that makes an average income to like take their kids or take their, or take their significant other, just go by themselves, dude, you're looking at like maybe 13, $14 a ticket these days, I think. No times that like by three, if you have like kids or whatever, and then maybe your wife, you're looking at, uh, you're shelling out a whole bunch of money to see a movie. And then something I didn't really touch on that I would love to touch, um, you know, touch bases with you is not only are you paying all this money, but you're running a risk of the movie not even being good. Yes. That's the problem because I understand if I'm going to pay all this money and I know that we're getting quality content like we did when we were younger. Right. Like Scream, Halloween, Candyman, all these movies that you went to the theater. You're like, all right, I have a pretty good idea that this is going to be at least an OK or a solid movie. But now you go to the movies, you spend all this money. Yeah. And the movies are lazy. They're either requels, prequels, the yeah. sequel of a prequel, all this stuff. And people, they don't have the cash and they're pretty much fed up. Right. So that's why the theaters are getting emptier and emptier. You're right, and dude, streaming it. We just got to face it. It's taking over. Yeah. The other day, Napoleon came out at yes. the theater and I'm on Amazon Prime like two days later and I see Napoleon. I'm like, what the hell? Joaquin Phoenix is Napoleon and, and he's on Prime already. I'm like, dude, it just came out like a week ago. What the hell is going on? I didn't see it.
1: Uh, that's one movie I did want to see. It had Christopher Nolan directed that. Um, I think it was a good movie. But I didn't get to see it. Like I want to watch it though. Yeah, I mean, you only get a thirty day window of movies get released, and then thirty days they're out of the theater.
2: Yeah, and like, that's the thing too. Like, when, when, there's no longevity with them being at the theater anymore.
1: Right. When we were growing up, you would release a movie, and you would have like six, seven, eight months in yeah, the theater, dude. and it would be a long time between theaters and DVD releases, and then. uh streaming but now 90 days later everything's on streaming and i agree with you 100 percent. you and our i think our generation keeps the theater going because every time the reason why i like going to the theater is because i'm dedicating my time to that movie i'm turning off my cell phone i'm committed to watching this movie the reason why i have a hard time watching movies at home is i can pause it My phone will ring. The dog has to go out. I'm not fully committed to it. Exactly. When when I go to the theater, I'm buying popcorn because we can't go to the theater without buying popcorn and drinks. And we're turning off our phones and we're saying for the next two and a half hours, we're committed to watching this movie. That's why you see movie theaters. Branching out for revenue, you see them. Selling popcorn buckets and cups yeah. and everything like that because they need the revenue. You see, AMC theaters, they're selling popcorn in Walmart now. You can buy AMC popcorn at Walmart. Um, Cinemark theaters will actually, you can DoorDash the popcorn and drinks to your house. That's a new thing. Yeah. They're, they need the rep revenue i run a i write a a newsletter called limitless newsletter and i talk about the business of hollywood like what this studio is doing why apple's doing this why this is that and uh i think 2024 might be the year amc goes bust that it's bad to say that but more and more people are watching things on their phone I mean, you need a gimmick now, like people are going to, to the 4D theater. Why can't you just go to the regular theater like you and I? I mean, besides the Barben, uh, Barbenhammer, Barbenheimer thing with Barbie and Oppenheimer and everybody rushing out to the theater. You don't see that people people going to that the theater anymore. And I agree with I, you. And that's yeah. a that's a tragedy.
2: It is, and it's something super sad, man. Because not, it's just not only with movies, man. I mean, with everything in life, yeah. I feel like we're just being more and more detached, yeah, from having to get out of the get out of the damn house and go right. do something, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if concerts in the future will be. I mean, they streamed it during COVID. I saw a whole bunch of uh, at home concerts during COVID, and dude, like the thing is that. How can we appreciate the art if there's no, like, right. specialness to it? Like, right. when I was a kid, I had touched on it in the show that I did. Dude, it would be Monday. I would say to my mom and my dad, yo, I want to go watch this horror movie. They would say, okay. Wednesday, the showtimes come out for the weekend, right? Wednesday, you're going to call the theater because we had a phone book at home with the movie theater by the house. Yeah. Shout out to, you know, my local theater that was my first theater ever. It's called Cinema Six in Miami. Shout out to them. Amazing. I had their phone number written down on a paper and I would call like every Wednesday and I would say, hey, what time is I don't I don't know any movie. What time is this movie going to be playing? at um at the theater on Sunday they're like oh the first showtime is 12 so i would tell my dad hey look the showtime's at 12 and then he would say okay we're going to go cuz it's matinee mm-hmm. so we pack the car we get dressed it was an event bro like right. we we had that quality time together right. and and most of my memories with my mom and my dad were the best ones we're going to the movies together mm-hmm. and reviewing them after going to pizza hut after and talking about it so yeah. When you lose that connection, there's something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you can watch a movie on your TV and it's just, I'm just watching this movie. Right. The other day I watched, I forgot what movie it was. I rented, oh, Dream Scenario, the one with Nicolas Cage, the A24 movie. Okay. I watched it with with Paula. I I turned it on. I watched it. I loved it. But then I was like, I didn't really feel like I would have enjoyed it more at the movies. Right.
1: You didn't have that. I just wanted to
2: be more immersed. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I think that's what's
1: wrong with Hollywood. It's falling short. You don't have that immersive connection with the content anymore. Like going to see a screen movie, you have a certain expectation of how you're going to like it and how it's going to make you feel. You don't get that with all these new shows and content. No, there's so much content out there. There's so many stations. It's hard to break three, break free through the clutter.
2: And yeah, that's the problem too. Like too much. There's too many options. Right. And when you have too many options, it's kind of hard to have like that big, like barb. Like you said, the Barbenheimer thing. Like yeah, that was a big phenomenon, which I was super happy for because I'm like, okay, people are realizing like. Going to the movies is amazing. Right. We're <laughs> going back to kind the of movies. Forget. Go back, you know, and that's why I kind of like Tom Cruise, too, man, because he's like a very big, avid, like, go to the movies. Yes. Like, he's done interviews, and he's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to have popcorn. He's like, I love going to the movie," and he promotes it. So that's why I respect him a lot You're right, as an right. actor because he's pushing it, dude. Same thing with Nolan pushing yes. physical media.
1: Yeah, they're a big fan of, like, IMAXs and regular movie theaters. I think the mo- movie is shot for the movie theater, and then you have to condense all like the special effects, all the coloring, all the sound in, so it can fit into this tiny screen. And you see more of it when you're at the theaters,
2: and you feel it too, man. Like, right? Some people don't get it though. Like, if like if you're a filmmaker or if you're a podcaster or whatever it is, if you just love movies, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you sit in the theater and you watch a movie and you legitimately are like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. You get lost in it, dude. And it, and it gives you a feeling of this is art. Like what I'm watching is an art firm that yes. took an army of people to create that yes. should be respected. You know? Yes. No, I a
1: hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So where can people find you at your shows, your social media, where can people find you?
2: So the audio version of the show, you can, it's Spotify, Apple podcast, you know, pretty much any podcast platform. The main um, source for the show is YouTube, uh, sit down, rewind uh, okay. all together and on our instagram we have a link to our link tree and then that'll take you to you know things like tiktok the merchandise and all that other stuff um and yeah man you just you just type in sit down rewind and then it'll all pop up in in your feed okay okay
1: any uh anything you want to add anything else you want to add
2: um this is going to be a big year for uh you know 2024 is going to be a big year for the show we but we're really pushing forward with it last year. You know, we had some, some hiccups and some personal issues come up that had us go a little bit slower, but this year we're going full steam ahead. We're going to be pulling out reviews of movies. We're going to be doing different videos that are not specifically movie reviews, like, you know, the movie theater experience video that we just did, you know, different stuff. And, and, and like I said it's just going to be a really big year for us. We're going to be pushing really hard to give our audience the, you know, the content that they're looking for. Okay. Not only that, I mean, at the end of the day if anybody's listening, um if you have a dream and you want to do something like a podcast or something like that, the best thing that I can tell you is just get up and do it. Doesn't matter uh, if you have like a crappy camera or a crappy microphone or whatever it is, just pick a name Name your show or name whatever you're doing. Do it, and you get better with time. Man, look at me! Like I started with nothing. I started with audio only, with a crappy mic, and and I was putting out episodes um, in that podcast. And I was like, man, nobody's gonna listen to this. And as the years went on, I did more research, got a better job, and then now we finally reached our goal, which is having video podcasts. And then now I made you know I made this possible, so anybody can do it as long as you know, you put the time and effort and as long as you really are serious about it, you, anybody can do it. Honestly. Good deal.
1: What's your, what's your Instagram? Sit down, rewind.
2: So, yeah. Just sit down, rewind. Okay. Yeah. You can find us on all platforms with just, you just put sit down, rewind, and then you can find us on everything. Okay.
1: Well, we definitely want to have you on
2: the boogeyman pod. Um, my
1: wife actually helps me, uh, She's my co-host for that. So we sit down and watch these scary movies and we review them. So I'd like to have you on for that. I think you'd be great. I'll let you know the next movie we're doing so you could be informed on that. Sounds
2: good, man. I'll be honored. It was really cool talking to you, man.
1: Yeah. And if you want to do any more promotions, like when I'm at a booth or something, if you give me your stuff, I'll help promote it. Uh, if you have any flyers or anything like that, give it to me. And like it when while I'm traveling around, I'll help promote your show. That sounds good, man. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Honestly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so close. We should be collaborating. So what, what part of Orlando? I'm in Claremont right now. Okay. We're in winter, winter, winter park, not winter park, but winter garden. Oh, so
2: you're like, you're,
1: you're we're really like close, super close. So Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, you have my number, man. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking for people to like hang out with or like just yeah. collaborate with because it's kind of hard, especially like if it's not at a convention. Yeah, conventions is where I usually find people with the same interests, like horror people. But yeah. if it's not, that, it's kind of hard. So, I mean, you have yeah. my number, man. You can hit me up and we can yeah. hang out and, and and do shows and stuff, whatever you want.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you for being on the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, really helps out the channel. Share this episode. Go follow him. Sit down, rewind. And you. of course, you know, Robbie Reviews on Instagram or Limitless Broadcasting. And until next time, keep watching movies, guys. Get back to the theater. Bali. All right, guys. Thank you. Hasta
0: la vista, baby. Robbie Reviews is hosted by Robbie Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Post production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at Robbie Reviews Movies. Check out the other shows on our network by following at Limitless Broadcasting on Instagram and at 1950 Studios on TikTok. See you next time.